Hey, 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 everybody. (laughs) Thank you for spending time with us today. We have on the call Bunny Jones, our favorite spiritual ratchet. How you doing, Bun? I'm good, blessed, and highly favorite. Yes, yes, indeed. (laughs) (laughs) And we also have Facts, the guy who knows about it, (laughs) just about everything, about just about everything, Mr. Google himself. Hey, how you doing? I'm good, and I'm finishing up this salad. Oh Lord, can you not smack on the recording? Can we not have just that? Ass whoever that you. <laughs> right, we 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 too new to be doing all that. We not we not the Breakfast Club. We don't have a following yet. We can't be smacking on the radio. That'd be alright. That'd be well, I chew. I can smack. So uh, how you know? Who told you that? Who told you that? The favorite told you that, didn't she? Yep. She just like you. That's all. <laughs> she just like you. She gonna tell you stuff that ain't true. Bun. And Mo, they go tell you the truth. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's me, your host, lead the pack. Mo to the G to the mahogany locks. Here we go. So I don't want to spend that much time on chit chat, but I do want to bring up uh, some some stuff. You know, uh, one thing that I've noticed with our community. Uh, people treat us bad and treat us any old kind of way and and sometimes they don't treat us bad at all but they do stuff and then they find that they they feel like they need to apologize to us we always getting people that are apologizing to us aren't y'all tired of people apologizing to the culture Mm -hmm. just do better just do better just do better like stop apologize first of all i don't take apologies serious because we get too many of them it's almost like a man that's like constantly you know cheating and saying i'm sorry baby i'm sorry baby i bought you some flowers i'm sorry baby but you keep doing it you know i just i'm over the apologies to the culture so i want to talk about um the uh a few apologies that have gone viral in the last couple days um one of them i really don't care about for real i feel like it didn't really go viral it just went viral like black twitter you know Eh. i'm not on twitter so uh whatever but the other one went super viral right um and this has nothing to do with my like actual segment i just thought we had we could start off with it because mm, we just need to because it's for the culture and we're for the culture so we're gonna talk about it the first one i really don't care about stacy dash let's i mean interesting yeah so stacy dash wants to get back into the cookout (laughs) absolutely not okay i'm like So <laughs> apparently after all these few past few years of the Trump administration and whatnot, um, she said some things that, you know, now she wishes she can kind of take back because she feels like the Stacey that she was at the time is not the Stacey who she is today. And she just, you know, she wants to apologize, you know, for being judgmental and, 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 and saying the things that she said. And uh, she wants, you know, she has empathy and compassion now. She wants people to have it for her. Um, so she apologized and AKA she wants back into the cookout. Okay. So the apology I do care about, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kirk Franklin. So. Wait, wait, wait. We're not going to slide past her like that. I oh, no, we're oh, not okay. done. Oh, no, no, no. We're not done. I, but we're going to compare these apologies, right? Because the the culture keeps getting these apologies, but they have different um, 
uh, agendas behind them, right? So one was the Stacey Dash, I won't back into the cookout apology, right? Then we have Kirk Franklin, okay? Because we're not sliding past nobody. Everybody can get it. Um, <laughs> I love this from Kirk Franklin. Kirk Franklin is the goat of the Christian world. That boy has brought out a lot of spirits, spiritualness and people that you didn't even know had spiritualness or they didn't even know they had it. You know, once you turn Christian music into the club music, you can catch anybody praising God, right? Yep. So... Um, Kirk Franklin got into it with his 32-year-old son, and his 32-year-old son decides to record their conversation and leak it to social media. Um, and Kirk Franklin was cussing him out and going off and 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 threatening his life. And um uh I use the word life really loosely, but uh he was threatening him violently, and uh the the 32-year-old said, you know, I'm afraid for my you know, I'm afraid of my father and I've always been afraid of my father and this is what I got to deal with and blah, 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 blah. Um, and so then Kirk Franklin gets on social media and he apologizes to his fans who are mostly black folk and, um, you know, asking for their forgiveness and, and explaining how, his, you know, him and his son have had a toxic relationship and, uh, and, you know, he's uh, tried to get their therapist in on this situation and, Blah, 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 blah. Apology, apology. Sorry, black people. Please don't kick me out of the cookout is what his apology is saying. So uh, what do y'all, you know, just a quick, quick comment, just quick, because it's not even a segment for real. What y'all think about both of those apologies? Okay, I'm going to start with Stacey Dash. Hell no, you can't come back to the cookout. You sold your black card when you decide to say all that stuff and uh, vote for Trump. That's my first. That's my first thing with her. Now, the, mm-hmm. my thing with uh, Kirk Franklin, uh, I the only thing that I feel like he should apologize for is the language, maybe, if that, because I've heard words from other parents, and you know, my parents were giving me cho- choice words when they were really, you know, ticked off at me. But uh, as far as far as uh, disciplining uh, his, you know, son, I mean, let's face it, at 31, 32 years old. You're too old to be getting whooped by your uh, parents. Mm. So I mean, you and if you gotta if you gotta say some choice words to drive it home to your kid, then that's what you gotta do. I don't blame him for that. No matter if he's a man of the cloth or the atheist, I mean, everybody says mm-hmm. something. So yeah. you know, I don't I don't blame him for you know chastising his son, but you know the the language may have been you know you know if he he meant to. I know he. Figure that it be kept private. He didn't expect his son to leak it to social media. Which, by the way, I don't. You know, if you if you trying to just ruin your parents because you want to leak something to social media just because of the way they said it, I really question your character. Honestly, mm-hmm. I question his son's character more than Kirk Franklin himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. With Kirk Franklin, for me, I feel like nothing was said that we have not heard in a black household. Between, you know, a parent. <laughs> so I mm-hmm. really don't know like what mm-hmm. this life is about. Like, you know, I've heard some people trying to cancel him, and I'm like, why are we acting brand new? Like, we wasn't, you know, cussed out by our parents before, you know, growing up, even as adults. Like, if we step in line with our right. parents, like, we gonna get cussed out. Like, that's how it right. is. And be respectful. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get it. Like, their relationship is estranged, and a lot of you know um parents have issues with their children and 
in in our community. We we just have those issues. I feel like at one point in Kurt Franklin's life, he really did try to have like to mend those that relationship, and he mm-hmm. even said that in his mm-hmm. interview. Like this mm-hmm. is years of therapy that they've been through, and it still has not you know resolved itself. So. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, some kids can get out of line. And then as the parent, we have to step up and shut that shit down. You know, I don't think he said anything mm-hmm. that was inappropriate. Um, if anything, he should have said more had he had known that this conversation was recorded because that was way out of line and disrespectful. You know, this is something that happened in the privacy, like a privacy conversation between you and your father. You and the world. You know, the world should not have known like what you and your father go through to that extent. You know what I'm saying? I feel like mm-hmm. if the recording was to be used for anything, it should have been used for the therapist. You know, not the world. Mm-hmm. So I don't have any problems with what Kurt Franklin said. You know, I commend him um, with stepping up. You know, even in a difficult time, is like having a not so great relationship with your child. You know, like that's a that's the it's it's really damaging to the soul you know what i'm saying so like at times you can get fed up when you can't meet eye to eye with you know your child or the child can't meet eye to eye with the parent it's stressful and sometimes we could come out our body and say things that you know you know we could get aggravated you know what i'm saying but i don't know i feel like he was in the right there i can't even what about what about stacy dash See, at first I was like, a uh, hell no, you know, because of everything that she has done in the past. But how you explained right. it, like, you know, it sounds like she has really matured based off what you said. You know, I had to read it for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, based off what you said, it sounds like she's, she has really matured and thought about the things that she said. And I think, like, mm-hmm. that's something that we should always take in consideration, you know, the growth in people. You know, we should always... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, label them to what they used to be because growth really happens. People right. really do change if they put the work in. So um, that I, right. I feel like we should just continue to monitor like her behavior, the things that she says moving forward, mm-hmm. and then make our judgment later down the line. I don't think that's something we should just accept. Right. Like, oh, you know, she's changed. Let's bring her on in. Just observe her. You know what I'm saying? Like that. That's the best right. that we can do. You know. Um, to ensure that she really is like sorry for how she was acting because that behavior was atrocious you know what I'm saying right and um, and I want to give uh, the favorite time to kind of uh, we only got a few minutes um, with this little piece of chit chat I want to give the favorite time to kind of weigh in hey girl how yes. you doing Miss Music Google herself is on the line so we're discussing right now the apologies that people continue to give the black culture. And uh, frankly, we're sick of it, right? So we have two apologies that kind of went, um, uh, that people are talking about right now. Uh, Stacey Dash's apology to get into the black, uh, into the cookout actually. And then Kirk Franklin's apology to not get kicked out of the uh, cookout. Um, you want to weigh in on either one of these real quick or both? Well, first, Hey y'all, I missed y'all, but uh, Stacey Dash, I think that apology you could take that with a grain of salt because her her words and her attitude was atrocious. Like you, like first you just want to disown your people, now you want to come back and and expect us to come back with open arms. No, it don't work like that. That takes time to heal. And as for Kurt Franklin, I feel like me personally, I feel like he shouldn't he shouldn't have to apologize for what he did. Like I understand why because he's a 
prominent figure in gospel music and what his works and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, he's human. He's still a black father that had the have the base who basically felt disrespected by his son. And I mean, what parent ain't never cussed at their child before? Period. <laughs> My mama cursed at me. Y'all mamas don't curse at y'all. Probably still curse at a at at y'all. We might be grown as hell, but you know, you still get that ass whooped. I mean, point blank, period. See my, <clears throat> see my only thing with uh Stacey Dash, you know, and her apology was she apologized if Trump had won the election? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm I'm being for real. I don't think she would have apologized. I think she would have been sitting in her corner and not saying nothing. And a lot of people are saying that, you know, that she's only apologizing because like Trump, she's unemployable right now. Um, you know, and anybody who's pretty much, you know, hooked themselves to him and his administration and really fought for him. Um, basically, you know, they no one wants anything to do with them. Like right now in Hollywood, she's struggling. So a lot of people are feeling like she's only trying to get in the cookout because, you know, she wants forgiveness in, in Black Hollywood because Black Hollywood is was, was keeping her career alive. You know what I mean? So, um, I mean, and I will say this, you know, in regards to Stacey Dash, uh, the things that she said in the past were very hurtful, um, very damaging. It wasn't even just the Trump stuff that she um had you know said uh things about you know right so she she's very conservative and so she would say things about women who were getting raped and all kinds of stuff like Stacey Dash is just it's not about Trump it it, it if you're a, if you're a Republican fine be a Republican cool if you believe some of the stuff he was saying that's cool but Stacey Dash said she said and did a lot of things outside of that whole Trump situation you know that people found very very damaging um she even said there was no need for Black History Month. She said there was no need for BT. You know, just and, and I have my issues with BT and Black History Month, but at the same time, you know, there is a need for all things black. Um, because if not, you know, we'll get lost. You know, I, I do understand her argument where uh black is American, so we should just have all things American and black should just be integrated in that, but it doesn't work that way. We're so far from that, right? So anyway, um, but it's just she said some very damaging things. But I do agree with Bunny that, you know, we should give people time to um, or allow them to self-reflect or self-reflect and um, kind of come into themselves and maybe look at some things that they said in the past or done in the past that wasn't right. Maybe they didn't know it back then and now they know it today. You give people that kind of wiggle room. But at the same time, the cookout is full and we don't want nobody else. We're good. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, you know, you're going to have to look when you make a mistake, when somebody, you know, steals or kills or whatever, and they got to go to jail and they come out of jail and they got to work twice as hard to get to back to where they were before they went to jail. At the end of the day, Stacey, you did some things. You were put in black people jail and now you out. Um, So we forgive you and all, but we ain't forgot. So you got to work twice, twice as hard to you know come back and you may not be able to yeah. come back ever that's on you you know what i mean but i do agree that we should give people room you know wiggle room to you know change who they are you know what i'm saying so i, I agree with that now as for kurt i feel like um kurt uh we love you and we're not canceling you don't worry about it honey you didn't need that apology um you should just kept your mouth shut 
Um, but there were some people who felt like, oh, his language is saying, I know you said that facts, his language. Look, at the end of the day, all right, that he don't talk like that in public when he's Kirk Franklin, the gospel singer. He talked like that as Kirk Franklin, the father, and that's yes, his business. Yes. That ain't got nothing, the way he spoke to his son ain't got nothing to do with us or any of them Christian folk out there. None of them people in, in the music industry, none of that. That ain't that was supposed to be private. Now he called his son a bitch ass. That was a bitch ass move. All you did exactly. was prove what he exactly. said. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, okay. Now, because their relationship is very toxic, they clearly had, you know, uh the conversation, the language used, everything, you know, the tone between them is quite violent. Clearly, there's some serious issues in this family. But yes. don't we all have yep. those? Don't we all have those? And so at the end of the day, all these apologies that the black people keep getting, our black culture keep experiencing, it just shows you that we are all on the same page, money or not. Let's move on. So instead of all these people giving these apologies we don't need to the black culture, how about we get an apology we do need from Senator of Wisconsin? What you got for us, facts? Okay. This I'm not gonna lie. This one ticked me off, and it's not surprising because of the times that we live in. But Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin, Republican, said on the record that during the January 6th domestic terrorist event, and I'm gonna call it what it is, domestic terrorist, he said that he didn't feel unsafe uh, because of they. He said that they were patriots. Now, if it was Antifa or Black Lives Matter, he would have felt unsafe. And I, I, I really, I'm really not surprised by what he says or any of these, you know, uh, you know, if you want to call them uh, racist or bigoted or, you know, far, far right wing politicians say anymore, because they feel just because, uh, you know, a lot of things have been have been allowed the last four or five years in politics, they can say whatever, but you know, it boggles my mind the fact that matter that you have people coming, hunting you down with guns that you see on Call of Duty. They have they have bulletproof vests. They have grenades. They have pitchforks. The only thing that they were missing was a rocket grenade. That's the only thing that they were missing. And for you to sit up there and say that you felt un- you didn't feel unsafe because you thought that they were patriots but if it was black lives matter that you would have felt unsafe you know how many protests have happened but with black lives matter where there were no weapons involved just about good 99 percent and no death so for you to sit up there and say that this just shows you're bigoted your racist views and i'm gonna be the first to say senator ron johnson you need to resign because you are not fit to being a senate seat senate seat for this country because this country is uh, farther than just you know white america there's asians african americans you know latino latinx uh pacific islanders you know arabs indians this is a, this country is a melting pot what he needs to learn and what he needs to remember is that the people who vote are the people that he needs to uh represent and he does not represent the views of majority of the American people. How you feel about this, Faye? It really saddens me because 
it's like it's it's sad that we still stuck in this 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 I can't I can't even think of the word for it this thing where we have these politicians who still think that you know black people or people of color are are a threat you know what I'm saying and it's it's like it's like what my grandmother used to say to me people who are ignorant ignorant and they just want attention they'll do anything to, for a performance so with this center here it clearly shows that he just don't know he just don't know the history of the United States because me personally and you know I don't know how y'all feel about it or whatever like that I feel like the U.S. was built on the backs of of slaves amen you know and like all this stuff that we have in the U.S., those were created by African American hands, and people for, and people like him forget that. So, I'm not surprised about it. I'm not surprised that you know he doesn't feel he does he didn't feel no type of threat. When I'm not gonna call them racist, I'm not gonna call them bigoted. I'm gonna give them the respect of calling them people. Then those people decided. They want to storm, you know, the Capitol and cause havoc because they want number 45 to stay president. But all I got to say is <laughs> he didn't feel he didn't feel uh, he didn't he didn't feel like unsafe with that. Let's not let's not forget about Bloody Sunday. OK, the nonviolence mm. act that African-Americans and even I'm not going to say all the African-Americans, there were some allies who were, you know, white American stuff that's for the cause or whatever like that the non-bias act of that let it would have been black lives matter we still we still would have been picturized as like looters or people who just don't got no sense you know what i'm saying so stuff like that that infuriates me and it's sad and all i can say is i pray for that man and i pray for anybody that still has that that mentality because it's just sad it really is and it just shows and it just shows what about what about you, um, Bun? I'm actually not surprised. Like, take um, <laughs> you said something earlier and saying like, you know, this person clearly doesn't know the history, you know, of America, and I feel like they exactly do know our history. I agree. You know, I was thinking like, the same thing it's because of that <laughs> that he feels so comfortable to even utter those words out of his mouth. You know, um, we talk about like all the the fights, you know, Black Lives Matter, you know, when our parents were young, our grandparents, you know, they were marching um, for, our, you know, our rights to be seen as people, you know, it's, I don't know, I just feel like even though we have made those strides, we have made our footprint on this earth, it still goes unseen. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm -hmm. It's just it's still a lot of injustice. And we forget, like, how, like, the Jim Crow laws, like, were experienced through our parents' and grandparents' time. So these people are not far removed from racism. They're this not. is still very much so alive in their heads. You know what I'm saying? So basically, one of two things. Either these, all them old motherfuckers need to die you know, like for us to stop 
And that's usually the only thing that's gonna, but the exactly. problem is they teach their kids. So it's kind of like it's a taught behavior and it, it keeps living on because they, the generation is taught you. to Thank feel you. that way. Absolutely. So like I don't feel like I don't know. Like it's sad to say, but I don't. It will be sometime. It's not in our lifetime where we will experience a day where people of all colors, generations, background, whatever the case may be, we can all come together and kumbaya it out. Like it would not be in our lifetime because these people that who've carried on the tradition of hate are still very much alive and in control. They are in control. Mm-hmm. So we, you know what? Mm-hmm. I got, go ahead. I can see. I got. I got. Let you let you guys in on something. It's a quick story. Uh, Faith knows about it because I told her. So I was, you know, doing some work uh, as a real appraisal, real estate appraisal trainee. One of the, my jobs is to get comparables of the market. You know, looking at other houses that match the subject home. So I was taking a picture of a subject home or a comparable. And uh, I had an older Caucasian gentleman. Uh, he looked like he just finished his run, you know, morning jog. And he ran a, behind my car from left to right. And then he turned around and he was looking at me and I was taking a picture, but I didn't think too much of it. So uh, after I finished taking the picture, he stands out there waiting for me to pull back around because it was the entrance to a keyhole. So as I'm pulling off, he runs behind my car. And is trying to get a look at my license plate. I'm assuming that he was going to try to call the police or something like that. But the fact of the matter that I was profiled working while black is sickening and it's tiring. And I'm going to be the first to say this. Uh, African-Americans shouldn't have to, you know, deal with deal with this and have to explain, you know, why we feel the way we feel when we go out, you know, to do what we need to do, whether it's you know, go for a walk, go for a jog, walk down the street with a bag of Skittles, take a picture for your job. It's ridiculous and it's sick. And we're just flat out tired of it. Absolutely. I mean, it's the same thing that happened. Um, well, I want to comment on what Faye said and what Bunny kind of, you know, piggyback. You know, they know our history. And the thing is, see, people, two people, can go through the same thing at the exact same time and experience it completely different, right? So these people know our history. They just experience it completely different, right? If you're not on the opposite end of the stick where the things that happen affect you in the long run, systematically, economically, you know, if if it doesn't affect you that way, then yeah, you're going to experience this ordeal completely differently. Right. They know the history, but they don't know the opposite end of it. Right. So it doesn't it affect them the same way. So for him and, and, and the same thing with what you were saying, I'm kind of connecting the two or the all three comments. So, you know, you know, uh, Lord, I was about to call him Dave, Lord, Mr. Google got, you know, your damn name. Hell. Uh, yeah. When you were saying like, you know, you know, African-Americans shouldn't have to, you know, be chased and photographed and and have the police called on them, you know, just because simply because they're black. I mean, honestly, we just had the anniversary of Breonna Taylor's death. Rest in peace, queen. You know, this woman didn't deserve what she had as, and many others, they didn't deserve the deaths that they received. 
Um, and, and they were, you know, people are just praying that we sweep it up under the rug. Oh, this, I mean, it was just one in the minute. You know, it's not like this happens all the time, but it is. All the time. It happens all the time. These black people are dying for no reason. None. And they just paid um, uh, George Floyd's family, what is 27 it, $27 million? million? Ex- excuse me. I mean, it's a bittersweet thing to receive money for somebody that you love who gave their life. It's literally blood money. Literally blood money. This is what are we supposed to be happy? We're rich now beyond our dreams. We could pay all our bills. We're not struggling no more. I mean, I don't know what that family situation is financially. I'm just simply saying for the average person, you know, the average black family, you know, we're 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 not on the top food chain in the finance area. You know what I'm saying? So, okay, we out here. We got this 27 million. Are we supposed to be happy? Thank you, government, for 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 caring enough to give us some money because y'all, you know this man's death exploded in the country and y'all felt like, oh, we better do something or, you know, mm-hmm. we might we not make point. it. Yeah. Like, I can't wait. I can't yeah, wait. Because we have, we're, yeah. We're past that point. Exactly. But one thing that we must, like, we have to understand and this is something that we constantly avoid, you know, like, we don't have any more cheeks to turn. Like, at the point, like, we need oh, to fight no. back, you know? And it's sad to say that we have to come to this, but it, it's the only way that we can be respected. It's just like dealing with a bully. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to stand up for yourself to let your bully know you can't keep fucking with me. This is not acceptable anymore. I will not tolerate you disrespecting me or my family members or my friends, the people that I care about. And until we come to that, like, conclusion, nothing will change. They will still feel like they're obligated and feel like they have the right to treat us the way that they do. Hey, you know what? You know mm-hmm. what? When it comes to when I think about uh, racism and those who decide to have a racial bias, not just against black people, but against any other you know subset of culture, it's you know, and particularly with the race, you know, part of it. How? How? What sense does it make to be racist or biased against somebody? for something that they can't change. What sense does that make? It doesn't make any sense. And I feel like, honestly, it's a disorder within them. I was just about to say that. I've been thinking that for the longest, bud. I I feel like this. Mm It's three quick things. To clarify a little bit what I'm saying, they know our history. I meant as the point, yeah, they know our history, but it's the same talk stuff that always, you know, in these history books. I'm talking about the stuff that, (laughs) you know, you don't learn in history. Like, schools and nothing like that that's number one right. number two every time i i mean that's just this is me personally i'm speaking for myself y'all can agree disagree but every time i feel like that there's like a big thing like the george floyd settlement stuff like that i always think of you know yeah we don't know that family situation but to me it's like okay we killed your loved one here go the money for it like you know like a ransom you know how y'all have uh-huh. people called that like you find people dead and alive and stuff like that, like wanted posters or something like yep. that. Now I always get that bad. Mm-hmm. And the third thing I want to say is, you know, they want to treat us like, you know, uh, bad and stuff like that. God forbid we do the same thing to white people because if we do it to them, we get lynched, we get arrested, shot up, shot up, and then I mean, look- 
And then, you know, when it's brought to media attention, we gonna they just want to sweep it under the rug and bring up somebody past, like, oh, they used to they used to use counterfeit money back in the day, or you know, they used to be a thug back in the day, something irrelevant mm. yeah. to that. Oh, we caught him. Oh, we caught uh, him smoking weed. Remember or, that Trayvon Martin? Or what happened with George Ooh, Floyd? Oh, hey, we we been trying to look for him for counterfeit money. I'm like, come on now. Then brought up he was a porn star. Oh, what was that, Eric Gardner? Remember Eric Gardner? Oh, he was selling illegal cigarettes. He didn't oh, have what a was license. That, boy that got wrapped what? up in the gym mat. Oh, he got into with with the boy over a female. Like what? Like what is how that? What does that have to do about killing this man? What does that have to do with any of this? Really? This man deserved to die because he got to it with over a girl? You know how many people get to it over women every day? Really? And that is me about, um, you know, Come on. Though. you know, like we have gotten to the point where this stuff has normalized um, amongst us and we kind of, you know, just brush yeah. it to the side like, oh, there's another one. You know, and just move on with it. No, that should bring that should fill you with anger. You know, and it makes me upset. Like we only get a we only feel outraged when it has like become personal for us. If this person, like if we knew this person, if this person was somebody in the community that we've seen, you know, like it shouldn't have to be that way. Yeah, it's so many people like that. You know, they feel like if it ain't at their doorstep, then it don't, don't matter. They can't. That. They I can't like empathize. Anybody that looks like me and they're and they're being involved in any you, type of injustice. That's I'm right. Pissed. I am. You know, you know, James Baldwin once said, and I'm. I hope I'm Ooh, quoting it right. Yes, to, yes, no, that's yes. my favorite quote. To, go ahead. Go I love him. <laughs> to be a, to be a Negro in America is to be in a conscious state of rage. Yes. 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 Oh, and that's right. And I'm I'm gonna be honest. I feel like I feel like, you know, all of summer 2020 with all the protests and everything. I feel like black people have reached the boiling point. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, we talked about this offline before. How you know, within 2020, we saw we saw a lot of uh progress and a lot of we. It's been many times when we've seen people come together from different you know walks of life. And you know different backgrounds too, just to support the cause of you know okay, you African Americans ha have been treated badly for so long. We we need to help them stand up and protest against the unjust injustices that have been plaguing us since sixteen nineteen. And it's just you know it's wild mm -hmm. that you know it's a good thing that is you know come to a head, and we've been constantly see seeing this. You know, for the past you know year, year and a half since the pandemic started, but you you know, it just sucks the life out of you sometimes. It does. Oh my God! Last year with the whole George Floyd thing, like I found myself literally just the moment somebody would talk about because it, it was all over the radio, it was all over the TV, it was everywhere, and then you walk down the street. And, and you see everything was boarded up. And then, I, I, you know, we live in Chicago. You know, Chicago is a busting place. You know what I mean? It's always busy. And just not seeing anybody in the streets and then windows and glass was broke. It was, it was crazy. I remember every time somebody started talking about the injustice of black people, I just start crying. It was, it was 
so emotional last year. Like I will always remember how I felt that entire summer. It was so much going. I just felt so much pain for every black person that ever walked the streets of the United States. Like it, and I'm not even talking about for like just 2020. I'm talking about from from the moment they hopped off that boat <laughs> in chains, baby, until today. I felt every last drop of pain from every last black person that has ever walked the streets of the United States. And I just, I would just cry for no reason. It was, it was so emotional last year. I will never forget 2020. It was supposed to be the best year ever 2020 for, you know, for us, you know what I'm saying? It, and it ended up being the worst year ever. And see this ever. And I would, and I would just say, you know, with it being the worst year ever for a bunch of that stuff going on, social injustices and 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 even COVID hit last year. I mean, COVID picked a really good time to hit. Seriously, like the worst time ever. You know, um, I would just even say it, I don't even know with all the injustice in the world. Um, there are so many people around the world experiencing injustice, you know, not just the black culture. But um, I just want to kind of get into girl in the basement. Right, we just gonna switch gears for a second. Um, hold that emotion y'all had for that last segment because that last segment was that was hard, that was a lot on me. Um, but this segment is a lot too, and um, um, it's the buzz. And I want to talk about uh, Lifetime for a second, right? So, Lifetime is known for their collection of movies they call Rip from the Headlines, right. Rip from the Headlines is basically a dramatization of a true life story. This particular true life story hit the airways in February, at the end of February, so it's only a few weeks old at this point, but it is viral, and y'all know that's what I do. I do viral stories. So, uh, has anyone seen Girl in the Basement? No, I haven't. I haven't, but I think I remember when the news first broke. Really? You, no, I don't I remember don't. this story. Do you remember this, Bun? I never heard of this until now. Now that everybody's talking about it, they kept saying, oh, did you see that movie? I saw that movie. And every now and then, Lifetime will get a movie and it will just like make people angry or it's so good, everybody's seen it. You know what I mean? Very like Most of it is just for people who are Lifetime fans, but Every now and then, they'll get a movie where it just, it's like explosive. And this was one of those movies. So, in case anybody doesn't know um, what Girl in the Basement is about, um, it is a true story. It's a dramatization, of course. Um, it's an un, un, unimaginable horror endured by Elizabeth Fritzel. Um, and it emerged to the public knowledge in 2008 in a town in the lower Austria, right? Um, she was in prison in a windowless basement beneath the boarding home she was raised in. Um, the young woman was assaulted, abused, humiliated, and raped repeatedly by her father for wow. 24 or 25 yeah. years. That's disturbing. Can you believe it's that? Hell. It's, it's disgusting, right? So, um, or over the, because it gets worse. I mean, <laughs> it gets worse, right? So, if it didn't get worse, I'm pretty sure this movie wouldn't be as explosive. But so over the course of that, uh, uh, between like 15, uh, over the course of 15 of the 24 years, Elizabeth gave birth to seven, 
of her father's children. That's gross. I said what I said. She gave birth to seven of her father's children. Her biological father. That's going to start the kids with her. for life. Your father is also your grandfather. Uh-huh. It's disgusting, right? Um, one of the children died as an infant. Um, and his father, uh, 49-year-old Joseph Fritz- Fritzel, um, he was an engineer and a property developer. Um, he took the infant's body to be cremated after it died. So the baby uh, had breathing issues. I think it died three days after it was born. And with his negligence, because, of course, he, I mean, he has his daughter imprisoned and um, she's raising these children of his in the basement. Um, and so it's not like he can just take the baby to, you know, to the hospital or something, you know. Um, so he let the baby die. And then he cremated the body. So, <clears throat> because, I mean, this story just continues to be gross. Um, he took a few of the kids, right? Uh, some of them stayed, you know, maybe like the first three or whatever. And, you know, she kind of raised them in the basement. But it, it, the basement was only so big, can only fit so many kids, you know, whatever. So the other babies, he took them upstairs because he had a wife, you know, the mother, her actual mother. And you're probably thinking, like, why this mother didn't realize her daughter was gone. Oh, that's because he had her write a letter to her mother stating that she kind of left to join this kind of religious cult, right? Um, and the mother believed it. And uh, so these these kids that he brought upstairs for the mother to raise, um, they called that the upstairs family, right? But how, Separating whoa, 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 whoa. the families. Really so she awkward. just raising kids so that, the came mo- out, that did not come out of her? He probably lied and said that they, he, they adopted Well, no. So she knew it was her grandkids, but so the letters coming from the daughter, oh, I can't have kids in this religious cult or whatever, right? I'm paraphrasing, you know. Um, so she knew it was her grandkid, but she just figured, you know, her daughter was a deadbeat wow. mom or something. You know what I'm saying? That's twisted as fuck. So she's raised these kids, right? Um, the wife, she definitely believed the letters, but she was kind of weary about a call. I think it was like the last kid or something. Um, the girl, Elizabeth, she called, hey, can you raise this kid? Whatever. And so the mama was kind of like, mm, how did you get our number? It's unlisted. So are you in communication with somebody? Like, what, what's going How did you get this number? And that should have been a red flag for her. I think it was stupid for her to believe the letters in general. But, okay, you believe the letters because the letters came directly from the little girl. But the phone call, that was a red flag. Your woman's intuition was telling you something was wrong. You should have went with that, right? But she didn't, so be it. Um, so, um, finally, skipping forward, um, Elizabeth escapes, right? She escapes because her oldest daughter, who was 19 at the time, um, just started to develop kidney failure and um, she passed out. She lost consciousness. And so uh, Elizabeth and Joseph took the daughter to uh, the hospital. Um, And of course, you know, after she was admitted, Elizabeth was sent right back to the basement. 
Okay. And of course, Joseph is going to stay by her side to make sure she don't say shit, right? Cool. So she's back in the basement. Eventually, you know, the parents got to come back up there for the kid. You know, she's being treated. Um, so Joseph went by himself. And instead of Elizabeth coming, he left her in the basement. But he had Elizabeth write a note. The team at the hospital thought this was weird. Mm, this is kind of awkward. Flags are going up. Your The mother wrote a note and sent the grandfather. Right. This is weird. Right? So they alerted the authorities. And the authorities said, okay, Elizabeth, uh, you and Joseph and your other kids, y'all all need to come to the police department so we can talk about this. Right? And so with questioning, because of course he coerced her to not say anything to anybody. This girl fears for her life. This man has been raping and beating her for the last 25 years. She is terrified. Okay? So uh, she gets to questioning. Uh, it took hours and hours and hours. But finally, after all this questioning, because the, uh, clearly there's something going on here, right? Um, and after a promise that she would never have to see him again, she finally told the truth. They went to the house to check everything out. Her story is 100% clear. Everything she said was true. And that's how she got away. So I didn't technically see the movie, but I definitely read a bunch of articles about it. Um, and this story is super, 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 super sad. Um, Joseph actually pled guilty to murder charges for his negligence and the connection with the little baby's uh, death um, and charges of enslavement, incest, rape, coercion, um, and false imprisonment of Elizabeth. Um, he was sentenced to life in prison and Elizabeth lives under an alias name and lives with her six children in an unidentified town in Austria. Um, so how do you There's feel about this story? people with demons in the world, man. Uh-huh. This is mm-hmm. too much and that bastard deserved what he get. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. There's so many people out here that who have experienced that. I remember a story where um, this black family actually, the father, was sleeping with his daughters to have children to preserve. His excuse was to mm. preserve the bloodline. <laughs> Girl, yeah. ain't that how some of the royals feel? That's why, girl, they be trying to preserve the bloodline to keep that, it pure. And that is so yeah, that's weird. That's not even pure. <laughs> it's <laughs> right. Like you recycling DNA, everybody coming or, out slow. In, in, in Elizabeth's case, kids having health problems and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so I, I read that, you know, um, where they live, it's unidentified. Of course, they're living under aliases. And um, they have uh, all of the kids sleep in rooms with the doors permanently open. They cannot live in, in rooms with doors that are closed. I mean, you were confined all your life, so it makes sense. Um, and, and they have like 24-hour security. And matter of fact, Elizabeth is... Uh, I don't I don't remember if it said she was married to him or not, but she's with her bodyguard like they're together. Um, and he, of course, lives there. Um, and I'm pretty sure they feel very, very protected. Um, I mean, this is a crazy, crazy, crazy story. I mean, it's one it's so many stories of rape and incest out there. But how many stories do you get where this person continuously rapes 
their child but continuously has kids with them like seven times well i think so one of the the one that died he was a twin so you've had kids six times with this woman like bro after the first one i'd be like okay well maybe i need to pull out or something you know i don't want to keep having kids with my daughter i mean It's it's so trifling, and then how I want to know. I yeah. want a, a lifetime story about the wife. Like, sis, I need to know you for talk- that twenty five years. Where was your head at? You know, what totally was you doing? Hard. You know, when come come on, then I know it was there, sis. I know, I know that's not the first time that you start feeling weird. You know what I'm saying? And I know back then women didn't, you know, speak up much or what. But but when it comes to your kids. You know what I mean? You you got to be mama bear. You know what I mean? Like what what was I want a story lifetime? Yeah. Like lifetime if you can hear me. If somebody who listening can hear me and they know lifetime people, talk to them people. Tell them people we need a story about Elizabeth Fritzel's mama. I need to know her 25 years. What that looked like for your husband to be disappearing all right cuz we listen. We all That's know right. when our man is cheating. We may not be able to prove it, but we know. And you, excuse me, but he wasn't just enslaving this woman. He was cheating on you with your damn daughter, sis. How did you not know? How did you not get you a private eye and to follow this you nigga? Know that I'm just saying. I'm that just, he, keep, he keeps disappearing. A little bit, man. you know. It's, in the black community, I've heard so many stories yes, about moms look the other, like turn the other way when their boyfriends Try to address their daughter. It's you know cool. what I'm saying? So, or, you got, you got or be even careful, you got to be careful who you allow around your, uh, your kids. Hell, some of these That's parents right. ain't okay around That's their right. kids. That's right. You see, y'all remember? Y'all remember what happened in Precious? Period. Yes, and that's mm. what I'm talking about. Some of these parents ain't for their own kids either. You are absolutely yeah, correct. Like that's, I can't that was a crazy story too. Yes. Yeah. I can't watch it no more. And I ain't seen Girl in the Basement, but I feel like that might be on the the one one of those movies I only could watch one time whenever I decide to watch it. Huh? Girl, cause yeah, the one time list. Just yeah, I, only got one I only got one movie that I can only watch one time. I was scarred for life. No, two actually. What? The first one was uh, the Passion of the Christ, and the second mm. and the second movie was Get Out. Mm. Mm. Nah, we need mm-hmm. to keep. Yeah, cause that shit yeah I, I hear that. I hear <laughs> shit, that's why he gonna go watch it once. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. Through the shit yeah. So okay, okay. Kind of same subject, different question. Do you feel so? This guy was an engineer and a property developer. He was a stand-up guy. Okay, mm-hmm. more than likely, this this man making money, right? Him and his family living pretty good. I'm pretty sure they're living in a decent neighborhood, right? This is just my guess, right? Do you feel safer in an upstanding neighborhood, quote unquote, upstanding neighborhood, or do you feel safer in the hood? I feel, safe. I feel safer in the hood. Because when, uh, uh, let, let me let me add to it. Because if you go on the sex offenders list and you 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 know, put in your neighborhood, it will show you where all the people who are on that sex mm-hmm. offenders list yeah. are living at in your neighborhood. And it's a lot of them 
in these mm-hmm. upstanding neighborhoods. You feel what I'm telling you? A lot of people, a lot of these people have behind they fancy houses, they fancy cars, and they fancy, you know, jobs. And they look good, real good on the outside. All their grass is cut. Okay. Everything is real manicured. Yeah. But in them basements, they be having slaves. Okay. Well, and they be children and it be their own children. I'm just saying. Well, let me how y'all feel about these upstanding neighborhoods? Say, Go on. I would say I feel more safer in the hood only because from what I experienced, you know, hurt, and you know, from, you know, living in the hood or, you know, not in an upscale, upscale neighborhood. It seemed like to me in these upscale neighborhoods, those be the ones that be quiet and sweep shit under the rug. Cause you know, everybody tied into something like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, if you tell somebody you won't have this job or you'll never, you know, pass state board or whatever, whatever the case may be, right? In the hood, you always hear about, I know lately in Chicago, you always hear about these dads who go beat these these people up for you know mess with these girls these little kids and they and they take or they tell you know uh-huh. you gonna know and somebody gonna do something about it and these upscale ones no you would never know until like you know 20 25 years later or some real extenuating circumstance like somebody mm-hmm. died you know that's me yeah, I'm pretty sure this father, when he went to jail, if he went to a real jail, he got that ass beat beat. Because them people in jail do not play that. Uh, raping a kid or an old person or something like that? Oh, no. you go, They gonna get you. I'm pretty sure. You know what? Lifetime. Lifetime. Or somebody that know Lifetime people. Hear me when I tell you. Not only do we need a movie about Elizabeth's mama. Okay, in those 25 years, we also need a movie about Elizabeth's daddy in jail. I need that movie. I need to see what happened when he got there. Okay, okay, that's only been since like 2008. So, what's this? A couple years later, he's been in jail for a couple years. You feel me? I need that movie. You know, it's okay? something that work on that. Okay, that, go on. Uh, I remember reading this wasn't too long ago, I think this was probably like last month. Uh, it was down in Texas. Uh, uh, it, uh, two kids, two kids were like kidnapped or whatever, and one got free, and uh, ran and told uh, told the other kid's father. It was, a, I think, it was a boy and a girl, and um, it this was uh, these were black kids, mm-hmm. and um, he ran and got uh, her father. So her father comes uh after he told told the story, and he walks in, and this uh thirty nine forty year old man is trying to rape his five year old daughter. This and this father literally mm. killed the man mm. with his mm. bare hands. Oh, for trying to uh, for trying to rape mm. his daughter. Mm. I don't know. If the, mm. I don't know if he was getting ready to, or if he was already in the act. But uh, he literally killed him with his bare hands. And the police are like, you know what? We're not going to press charges. I mean, yeah, though, at that point, because like it was so. Did he um against your daughter? But you know what? Self-defense sometimes is weird because what about the women who are being raped by their husbands um, and they kill them or boyfriends or whatnot and they kill them and they go to jail yeah, for like years what to Toya Brown. because she of murder. Get, get messed with and homegirl 
served yes. a good a good amount of years and you know she was let out on clemency but she that that had to be fought for yeah you know and, so, it's, and it's currently i forgot the i forgot the oh, yeah. lady's name but it's the same thing that's going on with her and she's in jail and uh she's trying to get out because of the same thing and i look at it this way if there, there's no reason why Centoya Brown or this other young lady that I was reading about, I can't remember her name because it was a few months ago. There's no reason why, you know, they should be looked at as aggressors when they fighting for their lives. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And, I, and yeah. I'm taking it a step further. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember yeah. who said it. Just because it's the law doesn't mean it's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's absolutely right. I mean, I mean, when we're talking about conflict, you know, uh, somebody, you know, your your significant other raping you or or whatever, and you're fighting for your life, you know, there are steps to take, right, to 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 work with conflict. Now, raping somebody and killing them—that's a whole different ball game, right? But we have everyday conflict. And talking about this father, he said that uh joseph uh fritzel he said that you know he felt like elizabeth didn't follow rules very well right and so he wanted to punish her for that right this man was sick so my thing is everyday conflict like that and people take it you know so far as to you know imprisoning someone or killing someone or you know just everyday ass conflict you know fighting for your life is one thing but everyday conflict there are ways to work with that right you know kirk franklin you know he's been working on his for a while and you know it's, it ain't working but i pray for them and and they therapy sessions and whatnot but but give us some other conflict that that some everyday conflict some ways to deal with everyday conflict so we don't have to imprison each other and beat each other up and 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 never speak to each other and run away and all this other foolishness we be doing to deal with conflict. Help us out, hey, sis, with the hey, peace and blessings hey, and the hey, ratchet segment. Bunny Jones coming to you with all the peace, blessings, and the ratchets. Yes, ratchet, ratchet. So, so today we're going to dive into part two of conflict resolution and this segment we're going to focus on friendships okay so we're going to learn how to overcome a disagreement with your homie and when will it be a time to hang it up because it be like that sometimes sometimes you got to cut niggas off you know what I'm saying so first we're going to start with five helpful helpful tips in mending the friendship okay number one first things first we must unloosen the bottle top okay stop holding it in love i know it appears easy to let shit slide you may even feel that your silence is keeping the peace but newsflash boo it's not in fact okay like Happens. Yeah, I get that. Bad I got too. that bad. It happens. <laughs> and then, you know, you push the issue into your subconscious so far that now it's it's laying there, festering. And now when your friend steps out of line again, you know, even over the slightest bit of of an issue, now you on snap mode. And and that just leaves your friend looking at you like you done lost your damn mind. And they sitting up here wondering like why you acting like that. And I'm really sorry to say this, but your friend is in the right, you know? 
Why you wanna act like me? Why you wanna act? <laughs> I'm saying, like your friend has no idea at whatever you upset about. You know, because you didn't let them know the first time that you had a problem with whatever issue that they brought up to the table. You know, like you said nothing. So now they're looking at you like, damn, like why, 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 why? You know. And when we don't speak on um, the disrespect, it continues to happen. So, today and beyond, okay, we gonna speak the fuck up in the moment, all right? Stop letting that shit, stop letting it slide. Express how those actions have affected you. And I promise you, like, you will be surprised by how many people are really unaware of how much of a nuisance they can really be. Like, they just don't know. You know, that's why communication is key. Number two. Okay. So, because I got notes. Y'all it's do. the paper clipping for okay. me. I got notes. <laughs> she came prepared. Okay. She prepared, prepared. She so, ready, ready. Okay, ready, ready. So, number two. Now, I know I said before that we should speak up in the moment, right? However... I do understand that there are times where we can't speak up in that moment. You know, you might be mad as hell at your friend's behavior to the point where the words that come out your mouth next is nothing nice or respectful. Please avoid those moments. We should never feel comfortable speaking to anyone when we are upset. You should always speak out of love and respect. Okay, and also be mindful of your surroundings. You know, when you do have that one on one with your friend, try um, to ensure that the conversation that you have between you and that person stays between you and that person. Nobody else should be in the room chiming in into a situation that doesn't involve them or concern them. But wait, wait, Bunny. Listen, <laughs> I like people's business, okay? Oh, Call no, me. No, I want to no, no, hear it, business. all right? Hey. Hey. No, stop being messy, Mo. No. Okay. <laughs> wow. If they choose to contact you afterwards, you know, just to, like, see if, like, their actions were correct. Or no, no. No. I need the business. Don't contact me when it's over. No. Let me know no, when it's going on. Oh, I want to be okay. here for the action. Let some people mend their, their friendships by themselves, okay? Especially... That's bad toxic, Mo. That's bad Little toxic. toxic can't okay. kill nobody. That's Go another segment. That's another segment. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not going to do that. <laughs> See, okay. The audience don't. The audience don't even know. See, that's an inside joke, Bad y'all. Toxic. Lord Jesus. No, we don't want that. Make sure the conversation between you and that person stays between you and that person. All right. Number three, when you finally come up with the space and opportunity to talk, explain how you feel. I'm talking details, bitch. The facts, the receipts. Lay the truth on the table. To the point where, you know, your friend sees exactly how you felt disrespected in that moment. Okay? Number four, keep in mind to avoid accusations. Nobody wants to feel like they're being attacked. Stick to the cold facts of their actions. That's it. That's all. Because no friend should ever be fist fighting. Period. Okay? Keep them faces looking good and stressed 
free. Number five, be okay with giving your friend space after your talk. This gives you both an opportunity to process each other's feelings and time to make necessary adjustments that had the, that that led to your disagreement. And remember, no one can change 100% overnight. And depending on the issue you two are having, the healing time may need to be extended. As long as progress is being made. I'm going to say that two more times. As long as process, progress, I keep saying pro- process, as long as progress is being made. As long as progress is being made. Because otherwise, you need to cut that shit. Okay? Like, that matters me of a song. Go on here, sing it, baby. And I did you wrong. And you did me wrong. I take it. You, you did me wrong. You take I me back. You back. I did you, you wrong. That's my song. That's cool. Yes. Pleasure, pleasure P. I need another song. See, I was thinking now. of another song. Go ahead. Ain't nothing to cut that trick off. Hey. 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 And that brings because hey, oh, otherwise Man. you really do need to cut that shit off. You know, I know it's always the goal to preser- preserve our friendships for a lifetime. But unfortunately, boo, life don't work like that. There will be people that come into your life for a specific reason and then they leave. I mean, the shit happens, bro. So to avoid those seasonal people from knowing lifetime information and business about your life and sucking up all your good energy, keep these questions in the back of your head as you continue to get to know these people you call friend. Okay? Number one, does this connection feel genuine or does it feel more like a transaction? Two. Mm. Mm. Two. Do you feel like you're being manipulated in any way? Three, can you count on this person to come through when shit go down? You know, and it don't have to be ratchet shit. You know, it could just be like, you know, anything. Like if, I, if you're having a bad day, can you count on this person? You know, uh, when you reach out to them, would they be a friend to comfort you in the time of need? And four, most importantly, can you be your 100% authentic self around this person? All right. And if you find out that these issues, like if you find out that there's any issues with these questions, you know, in regards to this friend, you may need to take a a better look, a closer look at the company you keep. Okay. Because nobody wants a fake friendship around. We ain't got time for that in 2021. We just not. No new friends, you know, no new friends. No, Pay attention to these long period friends. You know, these friends are 15 years. You know, sometimes like it will come to a time where friendships of that long of that long of a period may need to expire. And it happens. Be okay with that. You know, because growth does happen. Growth does separate people. And it doesn't mean that you or that person is a bad person. It just means that y'all on two different lanes. And sometimes y'all can't be y'all can't be friends at that point in time. Maybe down further down the line. Y'all could come back and, you know, you know, 
I guess rekindle what y'all had or make it better. But you you need to learn when to let somebody go, and you need to learn when to mend those friendships when the opportunity presents itself. All right. Go ahead and free yourself. Yeah. If you want me, then don't talk to me. Want me, then don't talk to me. Go ahead and free yourself. Yes. So I have a couple of questions for y'all. So one, have y'all ever had conflict with a friend before? If so, what happened? Uh. Oh, yeah, we gonna start with this. One. Is that just Answer one question or? Well, honey, you only got a few more minutes. So pick a question. Well, I thought you was going to go down the list. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not well, rushing. I'm just saying. Pick a question. The favorite <laughs> Russian right. Russian nigga. Yeah, damn. Right, right. <laughs> right. Anyway. What you want, girl? No, you better pick a question exactly. and, move, and keep it moving. No, it's just how she worded it. I thought she was going to go down the list. And then... <laughs> <laughs> Have y'all ever had a conflict with a friend? If so, what happened? Two, uh, what are some positive take backs, you know, in dealing with that resolution? Can you give us, you know, um, as far as to help us in the future with future conflicts? What are some negative, you know, situations where you address a conflict, what we should avoid? And have you ever regretted letting go of friends before? Oh, see, I got a story to answer all that in one swoop. Go ahead, tell us. So I have this friend. I'm gonna cut the story short because I know we press for time. Mm-hmm. So I got a friend. We've been friends for like two. Th- so like about it'd be like now 13, 14 years. Mm-hmm. And we actually took a separation. And it wasn't like anything really bad or whatever like that. Well, Bunny, I'll tell you, I'll ask you this. So, you know, with this friend, I had to take a break from him because it seemed like he always has something going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've been friends and family for like a long period of time. You know me. I'm not that type of friend that's going to call you 24-7 every day on the hour whatever. Right. He wanted that. Mm. And he would have a problem, like, you know, why I always got to be the one to initiate talking to you. I got this going on and blase, blase, blase. And, you know, I just had to simply tell him, like, you know, I'm not that type of friend, but that doesn't mean I'm, I don't care about you. I got my own stuff going on. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's how we took a break from each other. It was mainly because I felt like he always had something going on. And I just couldn't be that friend to support him through all that. Because it's like, you put too much on me every single day. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. Okay. So, fast forward, I want to say it's about been a year now since we reconnected. We actually reconnected because of something that really happened. I'm not going to say really what happened because he might be listening to this podcast. (laughs) But... Uh, we I reached out to him because he was actually going through something. And I said, hey, you know what? I know we haven't talked for this many amount of time, but, you know, I'm here for you. And, you know, ever since then, you we, it's not as perfect as it was before, but it's that, it's the foundation is there. Yeah. Like the communication is a little bit better and it seemed like he understand. So my question is, is it okay to let a friend know like hey 
I got to take a step back away from you because you got some stuff going on and I feel like I just can't take on your stuff and my stuff. Yeah, I feel like that's completely healthy in a friendship. Um, It avoids them feeling neglected, for one, you know, because you're already coming to them saying, like, right now I just feel overwhelmed. You know, like I have my own stuff going on and then trying to deal with your stuff is just too much, you know. And as a friend, you know, they should look at it as like as an individual, you know, let me just say that we should all be making sure that we are straight as individuals. You know, we are 100 percent because that's the only way we can give energy out to other people if we feel whole. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So I feel like that's very healthy. Right. I mean, a lot of people. Well, I mean, so many people deal with things in an unhealthy way, though. Um, a lot of people would be too immature to even accept that answer. You know, for them, yeah. that would be the end of the friendship, yeah, I, which at, may be it, a good thing. Yeah. Well, at first he didn't. Take it may it not feel good, but way. it may be a good thing. Yeah. Because you know, people, you you know, you going through. If anybody is going mm-hmm. through something, and your main support is like, "Hey, I can't be there for you." You're gonna feel some type of way, you know. So you know, sometimes as people, what we need to realize when somebody, you know, needs or requires separation from uh, us, or you know, vice versa, you shouldn't take it personally because, you know, it's not about you. It's uh, if 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 you're going through it and somebody else says that they need uh, time away from you, you can't take it personally, and vice versa. I mean, it's, you know, at some point we all have to develop in our own time in different ways. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hear I that, mean, but you only get three days. With me I mean, you can't know that. I mean, I get what you're saying, but you can't put, <laughs> you can't put your own personal time on somebody. <laughs> you're absolutely correct, but I am a toxic friend. Okay. And I what I say is Okay, we had an argument, or you going through something. You get three days, seventy two hours to deal with your shit. After seventy two hours, I'm coming and knocking on the door. Good talk. Hey, let's talk. (laughs) Lord, (laughs) she gonna kick my ass at the end of this. (laughs) Round one. Really quickly, really quickly. Come on, Mo. Give me an example. Uh, uh, yeah. So I had a friendship. Um, I've been knowing I've been knowing that girl since about seven years old. And uh, when we were in college, uh, I remember for my twenty third birthday, um, my dorm room friends um took me to Fridays, and we had like my first little what was it? It wasn't a margarita, but it was it was in a margarita glass. I don't even remember what the drink was. It was just my first, you know, for real sexy uh, sex in the city drink, I call them. Right. And uh, we took a picture and we put it on Facebook. Back then, I wasn't big into social media, but that one picture is what broke up our friendship. And, uh, you know, she had stopped talking to me for like, I don't know, a whole year. I, I, I didn't. I didn't really understand why why we weren't talking as much or hanging out. Um, and then one day she just told me, you know, we kind of had exchanged a few words. And then she just brought up this picture, you know, 
you went with these people to for your birthday and you didn't invite me. I was like, uh, sis, first of all, that was in January. That's number one. That was a long time ago. Um, second of all, um, those people, it wasn't like a dinner that I had. Those were people, it was like my people in my dorm room. You know, I lived on downtown campus and she lived on main campus, which was like 20 minutes apart. And so I didn't, I was like, that's not something I planned. That was something they invited me to for my birthday. We just went to dinner and had a drink. It wasn't like a thing. And so for her, you know, I don't know if she blew this whole situation out of proportion. Maybe she was feeling some type of way about our friendship. And that was just like the last, you know, straw that broke the camel's back or whatever. And, um, and we stopped being friends. Um, we, I mean, this is somebody that I grew up with. Like, this was like a sister. The the reason why I went to that college is because of her. You know what I mean? Like, this was my best friend. And, um, I remember, uh, what celebrity was that that said that, you know, a breaking up a friendship can feel like death or uh, a breaking up with a relationship. I can't remember who it was, but no, really, I, my heart was breaking. Like I suffered with this friendship and, um, breaking up and, um, you know, years later, uh, she contacted me after I got put in the hospital. She felt like it was a good time to kind of contact me. Um, and kind of, you know, apologize or whatever. And then, um, you know, we we're kind of very off and on right now. I don't think we'll ever be what we were in the past. So I agree that sometimes friendships, you know, they, you know, even if they're like long friendships, like me and her, our friendship at the time was like 16 years old. You know what I mean? All damn near going on 20 years. So, um, sometimes you grow out of each other, you know, sometimes you're going on two different paths and it just, it's not what it used to be. Um, and then sometimes if you kind of have a big break and try to come back, it'll never be the same. Um, and you have to be okay with that. Like I said, my heart was broke when it happened, but once it kind of mended, you know, and I found my way through friendship and found other friends and what friendship really means to me. Um, I realized when she came back, I said, okay, you know, we on good speaking terms, but you know, it'll probably never be what it once was, but I'm okay with that. Um, because again, people come into your life for a reason. Um, I, I don't know, maybe we needed each other when we were kids and then as adults, you know, we don't need each other anymore. That's cool too. You know, I mean, it is, I felt burned and uh, maybe she feels burned a little bit. I don't know. At the end of the day, you know, I, we just had to kind of let it go. It's cool. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it is what it is sometimes. Cause sometimes there's a resolution to the conflict. Yeah. Sometimes it's not. You just... You know, you move on like a boyfriend. I mean, you break up, you heartbroken for a minute and then you be like, well, you know, there's a better man for me out there. Because after that friendship, I found some really good friends after that. Seriously, like some really good ones, some real crazy ones. But then there were every now and then I get a really good friend. So I can't say that, you know, breaking up with a friend ended up being horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It made room for other people. So that was dope, Bunny. Um, Peace, blessings, and the ratchet. Um, She gave you some real (laughs) gems there in a really scarily ratchet way. Um, But it's cool. It's cool. Um, so we kind of want to keep that ratchet energy going. 
Um, I know that the I know the favorite got some some gems to drop on us from uh the Grammys just passed, right? And it was quite ratchetness going on, but a lot of inspiration and upliftment too. Why don't you give us some of that stuff, uh, Fave? Uh, give us some fun because we this this episode has been kind of deep. I don't know how I feel about that. It was a That's lot of all right because Go ahead, Faye, give us some Grammy uh, news. Bring a little sunshine to you to your life. <laughs> Girl, look, thank you because we need it. I am depressed. But you guys, you know, this past weekend was my Christmas, the Grammys. It is my Christmas. It is your Christmas, y'all. Don't judge me. That's my Christmas. I have. I promise y'all. Outside of that, outside of music, I have a life. But we know. But I will have to say this: this has been the most. Black girl magic I've seen at the Grammys. Black girl magic. I didn't hear anybody talk about that, but go ahead. Number one, this hasn't been talked about, but I feel like we need to talk about it. Cardi B becomes the first female rapper to go diamond for her song Bodak Yellow. Mm. I heard about that. And y'all know I just learned what Diamond was and a few weeks ago, so I'm excited Not only for that, <laughs> y'all remember, you know, that whole album is very creative to me, by the way. But, you know, I'll talk about that in another segment. So, the song, I Like It, is, is the most <laughs> is the most string song of all time by... I hate that rapper, song, but go ahead. Okay. Mm. And wait a minute. And everybody's favorite song, oh, wow. Why? There's some holes in this house. That's halfway about to be diamond. Oh, it is it is five I'm times a, I'm gonna tell you I'm not surprised. <gasps> the reason why that is because you know, regardless of how you feel about the lyrics, the video, mm-hmm. even the even the performance itself, a lot of people mm-hmm. definitely rock with that song in more than one way. That's definitely, and then people gonna have to be putting respect on Cardi B's. Oh name yes, that song is five times platinum. She's yes, not about to go. Yes, she die is twice <laughs> in a row though. She's not gonna do that. Right. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you, Black Girl Magic at its finest. Okay, that's number one. Come on, Afro Latina. Number two, we got to give it up for my girl. Mickey Guyton. Now you're probably like Faith. Who the hell is Mickey Guyton? Just about to say that, you know. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. you know that's what I was thinking. You Faith know I was thinking. Game. Mickey Guyton is an African American woman who made history as the first Black solo female artist to earn a Grammy nomination in the country music category. Oh yeah, heard about. Just didn't know the girl name, but go ahead. And let me tell you, if you haven't heard her song, Black Like Me, I advise you to hear it because it's semi-autobiographical based on her life. And and as we talked about living in America as a Black person, she sums it up in a country song. Mm. My hat is off to this Mm. woman. And I I admire her because you never hear too many uh, people, you know, even especially females of of African-American descent singing country music. Now, 
not to discredit Lil Nas X, you know, what he did, but actually get to the root, the bluegrass type of stuff, my hat goes off to her. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. I got a, I got so much we, for y'all we today. We hear the flipping. Go ahead. Okay. So we got to give congratulations to Nas for winning his first. Oh game. my God! Yes, I heard about that. I cannot believe this man never won a Grammy. Like he's been nominated Out of 14, like fourteen times. Today my segment. Go ahead. <laughs> he's been nominated fourteen so times and he finally won won his first Grammy. In 2020, oh my god, my hat goes off. Like, you know, I thought he would have won a uh, Grammy first first album because uh, that mug went hard. Well, frequently asked questions, let me tell you something the Grammys they always have not been this pro black. Okay, let's not forget the weekend, the weekend has has protested Grammys, that's why he was not in attendance. Okay, okay, now we can discuss that later because that's a whole. I mean, I'm just, I'm just giving him that right okay. there. And if you really want to know about, you know, the boycott of the Grammys, I advise you to Google it because I will have a segment about that later mm-hmm. on. But we're gonna give this king his flowers while he could deserve. That's right. It. Congratulations to Nas for his first Grammy win. It's about damn. It's bad. about time. Like that's crazy. All right, and then we're gonna we're gonna give props to Addison Pat for his win for the best melodic rap performance for his song Lockdown. If you haven't heard that song, I advise you to, to listen to that song too. It basically sums up what happened in summer of 2020 with the looting and stuff like that. It's, it's It has a nice groove to it and it's very detailed. Okay, I like him as an artist. Like who who are we talking about? Who? And- Anderson, Anderson Pat. My, my favorite song from him for, uh, forever would be uh, Tense. Mm. Man, yeah. Why don't I know this man? I don't know. He just came out with a song with uh Bruno Mars. That's- yes, and they formed a group called Silk Sonic. That is the f- that is named. No, I still don't know this man. I don't know nothing about. I've just been under a rock. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Now I got to get a little bit sad with you for just. For we had bit, enough sad, sad, bro. <laughs> but but we got to. I got to talk about this. Now, that was two things that were really prominent about the about you know the Grammys. You have the Black Girl Magic, which I'm gonna get back to in a second, and the M Memorandum. M- yeah, is that how you pronounce that? M Memorandum. Mem- uh, memorandum. Uh, yeah, memorandum. I hate yeah. y'all. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so to me, that was a big part of the show because the Grammys acknowledged that there was over a thousand names that was submitted for this. For acknowledgement for their untimely passing, mind you. Now you probably like fave a thousand names. You for, don't. Let's not forget we was in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Our battle with COVID nineteen, and some of the names that was on this list, it really made me cry, y'all. And if you think about it, we lost a lot of legends. We lost Little Richard. Mm-hmm. We lost Mary Wilson, mm-hmm. Bill Withers, Andre Harrell. We also lost the um, Chicago native John Pran, who was a, a who was a songwriter and an artist. And a lot of people feel some type of way. They feel like Naya Rivera should be should have been on that list too. But you know, everybody has their opinions. And then speaking about losing legends, we just lost Reggie Warren, who was one of the the founding members of the of the nineties group Troop. When I heard this, I cried. I'm like, no, no. 
We 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 can't lose no members of Troop now. No. Mm-hmm. We already lost one of the members of Cool in the gang. I can't take I can't take no more. I begin to take the long way home. Yes. Just mm-hmm. I can be alone. And, and a random fact. What? And a random fact. Troop is actually an acronym. Is it? Yeah. I, I actually it's an acronym thought. for total respect of other people. Wow. That is so random. Yeah. I thought it's because they was troopers in the, in the hood. I thought so too, but no. <laughs> they got total respect for of other people. I mean, I hey, I thought it was they was troopers of the black community. Oh my god, girl! <laughs> I thought I thought they was troopers or something. You know, something rough out here in these streets. Troopers of the streets, but <laughs> but mm-hmm. let me get back to the R and B streets. Go ahead. <laughs> let me get back to the happiness. Shouts out to Megan the Stallion, y'all. Yes. Why okay. are we shouting her out? Because <laughs> Megan the I'm not a fan. Go Megan the Stallion won Best New Artist at the Grammy. Hey. The last time somebody, a, a female of color, won that was Miss Lori Hill. Wow. Uh, really? Like, yeah, or are you just talking about rap? Rap, R&B, and of color. Really? Yes. Congrats to her. I'm proud of her. I mean, we'll. I, I'll. I. I can say congrats to that. That's that's, that's a big accomplishment. That really is. definitely congrats to her. Yeah, yeah, that's a big. It accomplishment. is okay, y'all. I'm not a fan, but I can support that. That's what's up. Go ahead. And we can't. And we cannot bypass. Beyond. Thank you. Beyonce I was herself. waiting on that. I'm like, what the fuck is Queen B? Oh. I'm getting to it, baby. Are you a part of the <laughs> out? Are you a part of the hive? Are you part of the beehive? Or no, I'm not a part of the hive, but like that's sure? she, she a Virgo. Are you sure she about a Virgo? That? And I, girl, I, I represent Virgo real hard. Shut up. Okay. Oh, go ahead. Me. Go ahead. Shout oh, on my, my Virgo queen. Go ahead. <laughs> Oh, okay. my God. <laughs> uh, babe, so, I guess I got to put some respect on Queen B's name because Bunny going to jump down my throat. Bro. Anyway. My God. This Queen Beyonce herself has, makes history with 28 Grammy wins. <laughs> she surpassed uh, the bluegrass uh, artist Allison Cross, who only had 27. Mm. And part of those that met, helped her with that was she won Best R&B Performance for Black Parade yeah. and her Best Rap Performance with Megan Thee Stallion for Savage. Girl, that song was horrible. I, yeah. So this this Grammy was for Savage? That's part of her Grammy. What What is the, la- won- the last one? What is, what is the 28th one? What is that for? The twenty eighth one that got her there was her best R and B performance for Black Parade. I know, which is the song hear that. she made in support of Black owned businesses, small businesses trying to survive during the pandemic. Okay, I ain't hear that yet. But the savage one? one is that the one with uh, the girl on me with a uh, blue ivy? No, no, that's, no, that's brown skin yeah. girl. Okay, and speaking about blue ivy, she's the second youngest to win a Grammy. I heard about that. She won a Grammy for her part in Brown. Yes, Stinger. congrats, little mama. Congrats, little mama. But you know, Savage helped 
Beyonce get, you know, the win. The 27 win. But you can't really knock the song. I mean, I like it because, you know, I like some ratchet stuff in yeah. my life. And her verse in it, you know, her mama taught her to be a savage. I mean, she got this from Tina. That's a hard that line. That was a hard line. That was a hard line. I get props and props to that was hard yep. Left cheek, right cheek, dropping all this swing, texting up in this thing, gang, gang, gang. Okay, let me stop. Let me stop. Reggie, Reggie. <laughs> okay. I love it. Babe, babe, can I can uh can I throw a little bit more black girl magic into your segment? Yeah. Also, uh let's recognize uh comedian Tiffany Haddish. She won a Grammy. Yeah, she won a Grammy for her comedy album. The Black Bar the Black uh, Bar Mitzvah, is that what it was called? I believe so. Black Mitzvah. I'm happy. Because you know she has she 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 Jewish too, so you know. Mm, that's questionable. But I am happy for her. I really but see. And speaking about her, we gotta give credit to our favorite artist, her. Oh she won. She won she won big. She won Song of the Year for her song "I Can't Breathe," which is a tribute to George Floyd and all the one, all the you know African Americans that lost their life to police brutality. And she also won for her um, her part in the song "Better Than I Imagined," which is which is by Robert Glasper for best R&B song. Okay. And one thing during her acceptance speech for Song of the Year was she was like. She was like, thank you for, you know, friends, family, blase, blase. But one thing that she mentioned that stuck with me, she was like, y'all, keep that same energy that we had in summer of 2020. Our work is not mm. done. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which goes back to the conversation that we had starting this podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Full circle. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I, I would just want to go back to Brown Skin Girl because if any award should have been won, it should have been for that song. That song was crazy. Uh, I think that was on and the she soundtrack. Did, for that. did she? Oh, okay. So you know I don't keep up. But that song, that song was worth the Grammy. The Savage stuff was not. It, it just wasn't. The point no, is, Brown Skin Girl won something. Okay, good because that was a, a that was an award winning song, honey. That song went crazy. I still yeah. didn't see Lion King. That's not the point. The point is, um. Uh, so can we talk about the performances for a second? Now you know I didn't see it, but I know I heard people talking about the baby, little baby. First of all, I didn't think I would like little baby because I don't like nobody with little in their name or none of that foolishness. My hat, my hat goes off to that performance because that's what I hear. He had he had Killer Mike on there and, and girl, huh? The poet, right? Yeah, and the poet, I Amanda. Forgive me. Is that the same girl from um that did the the poet the poetry from um the inauguration? No, that's two different people. Okay, who was this girl again? What's her name? Uh, her name escapes me, but Somebody she is a poet. Cause... Amanda Gorman is the one that did the inauguration. She's 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 about, I think twenty two, twenty three. Yeah, yeah. She's the youngest one. She's the youngest one, youngest poet for the inauguration. I think she's a poet laureate too, laureate. But who's the yeah. girl that did this performance? Because she, you got to give this girl her flowers. Her and Killer Mike and Lil Baby. Now, you know I didn't see it, but I'm going to look it up eventually because I heard this performance was everything. And I heard a clip of it. I was like, oh, my God. And I heard Killer Mike is going to drop an album. Huh? You know, they're going to go crazy for that. The point is, 
that performance, let's get a little baby his flowers because he's a he's not he's a new artist and nobody expected him to really be anything important, you know, kind of just like these little rappers that kind of make a few songs to fall off. But Lil Baby is making a name for himself. The boy got talent and he got something to say. He always used his platform to say something important. I just wanted to talk about that. That's all. <laughs> That's important. We got the we, because you know what? It's too many of these performances that are about nothing on this big ass platform. And Lil Baby has taken advantage of that and he's doing what he's supposed to do. He always say his neighborhood know who he is and he do it for his neighborhood. He do it for the culture. He do, he really do. That he not lying. <laughs> like he really do. And, uh Mo, Mo, her name is Tamika Mallory. See? Miss Thing. Tamika Mallory and Killer Mike and Lil Baby. Look that up. Take y'all some time and look that up if you didn't see it. Also, I heard people talking about what was it, Meg and Cardi B? Okay, so if Mm. y'all haven't seen the performance, okay, because we was, I was getting to that. Please. Y'all bumping up my segment. We got to, because we got to there. Y'all bumping up my Kool Aid a little bit. We got but, to mowing this damn so, timeline. Jesus. <laughs> so, <laughs> basically, the performance was so Meg Meg did her solo performance, right? Which played off of like the the uh, hey, what's it called? With the lady with the flowers and stuff like that, line mm-hmm. show. And, you know, she did Savage and then she did Body or whatever, like a mashup of that. Then got to Cardi B. She performed her new song, Up, with uh, this... Uh, that's my song. Go ahead. With this uh futuristic background and stuff like that. But towards the end of the performance, they combined together to do WAP, which, of course, they did the clean version. But one set of stage had, like, this big stiletto. And the other half, which caused the controversy, was the big comfy bed. And in part, and you, if you haven't seen the video, why you wouldn't understand the, the choreography because the choreography is sit, is the same as in the mm. video. They intertwine with each other. You know, they start, I guess, insinuate a thrust or whatever like that, however you want to call it. You know, and a lot of people thought that was bogus. But my 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 take on it is, what do you expect from a song called Wop? Like seriously, like seriously. <laughs> if you talk about some wet, I mean, they called it wet and gushy. But if you if you talk about some wet and gushy, what do you exactly. expect? And it ain't no different from uh <gasps> two live crew talking about the same thing because that's what it stemmed uh-huh. from, and some other local songs that you know we'll talk about that a different day. Uh, you know, it ain't no different from you know what you see on the videos or what you've seen on these other award shows, you know? And let's, let's, so, and let's be let's be honest. The Grammys knew what they were getting into when they asked them pe- to perform that song. Thank you. So, uh, That's thank true. Thank you. If you true. didn't want them to perform like that, you shouldn't have asked them to play the damn song. But, here, but my thing about it is, with that too, if you're going to talk about if you're going to talk about Cardi B and Megan's performance, then what if The Weeknd did decide to perform his hit stuff like that? The first half of his career, he was talking about depression and drugs. They all talk about that now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, they do. I'm just saying, I mean, I'm just saying too, but the but <laughs> some stuff you just gotta let go. If WAP is out here making, I mean, it is five times platinum. I mean, yeah. Yeah, five times platinum. It's about to be diamond because people want to 
hear something about some wet and gushy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I- mm-hmm. I don't know. So I know Cardi be pregnant. Because she just looked pregnant during that whole performance. <laughs> what? I, that has not been announced. Saying, what? Like, you just that has not been announced, but Like, Oh Please don't come after her. She don't know. It's her. It's her personal opinion, y'all. Just guessing, okay? Nobody come for us. It's, we don't know no better. We're not credible. And, and, and real quick, and real quick, I cannot, I cannot end this segment without talking about Mahogany's favorite artist, Babyface. Oh, Babyface. He got honored with the lifetime achievement with also with Fat. Who was it? Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five for mm-hmm. lifetime achievements. Oh, so, Babyface got his. Yeah. Yay. Two of my, two of my favorite Babyface songs for the Cool in You mm-hmm. and Whip a Pig. Oh. And I like the song he got with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis called out. He don't know nothing about it. If y'all haven't heard it, y'all need to listen to it. Babyface is uh, the GOAT. He really is. I don't know. Going back to the whole uh, Megan and and uh, Cardi B performance for WAP, you know, uh, I was hearing on one of the radio stations, uh, one of the guys was saying how he was watching the Grammys with his daughter, um, and she's fifteen, and he, excuse me, he was saying like when their performance came up, he was embarrassed. He was embarrassed that. He had to watch this with his kid. And so it's like, granted, the song is not for kids. Now, Grant, you you can't really stop your kids from hearing it or streaming it. You know, kids have access to things that we didn't have access to back then, um, back in my day. But he was just discussing about how the strip culture has become so normalized, right? So not that strippers, you know, we don't respect them or whatnot. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but strippers are for adults, right? The strip culture is for adults. And um, if it was for everybody, you wouldn't have to be 21 to get in, right? Um, so he was saying how we put strip culture uh, in front of our kids so much these days that he was embarrassed to watch this with his daughter, but his daughter probably wasn't embarrassed at all to watch it with him. And he felt like there was something kind of wrong with that. Um, but the thing is, you see it everywhere, right? It, you you got, what's the what's the show called with the P, P something, P Town? P Valley. P Valley. <clears throat> you know, you you got, it's, it's everywhere. Strip culture, you know, you got these rappers, Cardi B, who were strippers and they talk about it and they're like, hey, you know, this is what I did. Nene leaks, hey, I did this and I became famous. And so not everybody wants, they think if they become a stripper, you know, they'll get famous after that. So it's like <clears throat> we've normalized strip culture so much that it, it's it's a norm. It's it's no longer kind of like this sexy thing that adults can enjoy. You know, it's one thing if this program was, you know, rated R or just for adults or something like that. But this is like primetime, regular ass TV for everybody. And they're putting this strip culture on there. And so his question was, you know, do you think that um, 
Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallions. Although, yes, the song is, you know, it is what it is, and you got to kind of expect a certain performance for a certain type of song. But do you think it was inappropriate to put on primetime TV? Um, and if so, how can we fix something like that? Because, and this is kind of going in the outro, you know, at this point, you know, the jam is over. But, you know, um, do you think that this, um, if it was inappropriate to put on primetime TV, do you think this this can be resolved? And in what way? Like, how can it be resolved? I mean, we would have to rework everything on television in order to resolve a problem like that. Like, what do you guys think about that? I'm gonna be honest with you. Even if you, even if a parent tries to keep it away from their kids in the house, they gonna they gonna see it from their friends. No matter no matter how much mm-hmm. as a parent you try, their friends are gonna mm-hmm. their friends are going to talk about it. And and we 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 were all you know kids teenagers at one point. Let's let's mm-hmm. let's be real. We did not want to be the social outcast that didn't know about something that happened. Our friends were talking about it. Of and, course. And we did not we want to put in on the conversation. So, but does that make it right though? It's one thing to kind of sneak and get that kind of information, but for it to be put like right in front of your face during normal time yeah, that's TV, different. like that's different. That's different. We were I mean, kids, we were actually kids, like we were the last generation to be kids, yeah, you know yeah. So now, I mean, like, I'm, everything I'm, is I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's right to put on TV, but. Even if you don't, if even if it's not put on TV, the kids are gonna find it one way or another. But my thing about it is, it just seemed like when I hear stuff like that, it, it I take it one or two ways. I'm not saying it's right to put on TV, but you gotta think about you gotta rework everything. And also, too, he probably felt bad because his kid was there. If his kid wasn't there, he'd be talking about some, you know, wet and gushy and stuff like that. I, and, I mean like, he like, said that but the Grammys is for everybody that's not like a show that's just for adults that is for, literally for everybody even if his daughter wasn't there somebody else's daughter watching it right this is a normal ass show but I mean with that I say <clears throat> it. I say uh, I'm not saying it's right for to do that but also you got to understand too the circumstances of that's live TV what you gonna do what you gonna do rework live TV for every single thing cause I mean come on now that means if you're gonna do that you might as well do wrestling. You might as well do Super Bowl. You might as well do, you know, a I lot. I mean, it's possible if you're willing to do that. But my stance on this issue, it really has nothing to do with the artists because at the end of the day, it doesn't. Have, it doesn't. They are trying to provide, like, they're doing a service to their record label. This is what the record label wants. This is what the record label is going to pay for in order, you know, for their records to sell. They're asking them to sell sex you know what i'm saying this is not a lot of these artists you know believe it or not they come in with a whole different mindset and then when they get into these record Mm -hmm. labels they change them and over sexualize them to be something totally different and this is and that's the end of product that the world sees so if we want to change Mm -hmm. something we have to go to the root of it which is the music industry the people that who uh have control of what we see on the television our advertisement um every, everything cuz they are the ones who are saying that behavior and that way of life is okay it's not the artist at the end of the day they're just trying to make a dollar they're doing what is asked of them Mm-hmm. And it's not necessary to say she out here advocating it because I mean Cardi B is a very yes smart she is woman. Mm-hmm. 
And it ain't, and she and I've heard her several times say, you know, kids, I want you to be better than me. You stripping is not the only way. That's just something that helped me in my situation. And also, too, shoot, yeah, she gonna put on performance. She getting that money. That song is five times exactly. Mm-hmm. You gonna do what's gonna keep a keep a check exactly. in your pocket. Yeah, you're gonna keep do something that's gonna be putting food exactly. on your table. Point blank here. Especially, especially when it's bringing in not just a paycheck, but a paycheck with multiple commas on exactly. it. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. But where do we draw up. the line? Where do we draw the line for selling our souls? You know what I'm saying? Selling, selling our, you know, okay, so she get that check. I, and I look, Cardi, I'm I'm not hating on you. I'm not hating on nobody. I want everybody to get their bag. I personally like the song. I fucking love the song, actually. Okay. I'm just simply saying. Where do we draw the line for what we will do to make a paycheck? That's an you know individual. That's on exactly. an individual basis. Exactly. It is. It is. That's that's you, know? you got to look inside your own soul, and you got to know your own boundaries, create your own boundaries for yourself to answer that mm-hmm. question. Because mm-hmm. I was talking about this with um, a, a coworker of mine. You know, he was just simply saying, "Now, this particular person worked at my job." And then he quit and worked for four, made all this money. And then he came back to what he was doing for like half the, the pay cut, right? The half the check. I mean, half the money he was making at four. And so for him, it was never, it's, it's not about the money. For him, what was important is helping people. And he felt like at, at my job where he, you know, what he's doing now, you know, back to doing again, it, he felt like he was, you know, fulfilling a purpose, you know, versus working at Ford just to make a paycheck. And I guess, again, that's up to each, you know, each person on a personal basis. But, you know, where do we draw the line for um, making a paycheck? You know, it, I, I, I guess it, it's about what purpose you believe you're serving. Um, or whatever, or even if you care about what a you know what if you're making you know serving a purpose or not, you know, for some people it just really is all about the money, you know. Um, <laughs> but for me, my personal self, I can't sell out. Like there are just some things I'm not gonna do for money. I just can't do it. I I got too much pride in myself. I respect. What that. about y'all? I respect, I respect that. that. But in the in regards to Cardi B, like I don't think like to this day that she has done anything wrong. I feel like it's the responsibility one of the parents to be more, um, like involved in that. you know what I'm saying like to mm-hmm. watch like what their kids are viewing whether they be with their friends or not like and that too like that goes back to our parents back in the day like you know we couldn't go to each other's house unless our parents introduced themselves and they felt comfortable you know what I'm saying a lot of parents are not doing that anymore so they don't know what their child is doing when they send them off to their friends houses anymore so like let's be more mm-hmm. proactive as parents one Two, like I was I, going back to what I said earlier about like these record labels and the people that who are in control of TV, television and stuff like that. If you if you're really disturbed about the things that are being shown on these television shows or in advertisement, these magazines like speak up. You know what I'm saying? You can't protest against these people and say like, hey, you know, like I buy into this um, to this magazine or I look at this show like for a number of years and I'm kind of disgusted on where you guys have gone over the over these past recent years. And you guys need to cool out on that. You know, like there is a certain time and place for 
certain, you know, videos or different types of advertisement where you can display these things, but not during the times where my kids, you know, I know like my kids are sitting up watching TV, you know, watching cartoons one minute and then the commercials talking about vibrators the next. Like, that's not okay. You know? I'm just saying is if I had, I wish, I'm mad as hell that I ain't create that song WAP. Because if it went five times platinum and I had that money, I'd be telling Sally Mae, F you, leave me alone. No, I buy oh English. So okay. you gonna sell out? That's what you're saying? I'm gonna I'm a sell out for to whatever, do what it means to pay these student loans. That's what the fuck I'm saying. But honestly, honestly, though, my, and all honestly, I, I'm not a sellout. But like I said, me, personally in that situation i if that's my creativity i'm gonna go with my creativity and that's just me as a as a aspire, as aspiring that's songwriter true. if i feel like that's what i want to talk about sex or or wet and gushy that's my that's my that's my right to, for free speech to talk yep. about that and if you if you don't want your kid to if you don't want your kid to listen to it there's always other channels period period now, she can be mm-hmm. proactive on her own and say, like, look, you know, I know that I know that my music is for adults. And if you can, like, I would prefer you only display it in situations where only adults are there like that. She has. And that's what I'm saying. So she's already done her part. So people- and she even gave an example of using her own kid. So exactly. So what more can she do as the artist? Oh, nobody's putting this on the no, artist. I, we, there are he a lot was... of people that do, though. And, that, and I, oh, I be disgusted yeah. with them. It's just like, where, where is your due diligence? And make- my, my problem is with the Grammys. You know, you, got, you can't tell me y'all don't, you know, look at these performances or have an idea of what these performances are going to be beforehand. Y'all sign off on this and y'all good with it. That's a problem. That is primetime TV. That's not like uncut after midnight. No, this is like 8 p.m. Like kids are still up chilling, you know, like, well, yeah, you know, true. like this is crazy, yeah, true. you know, but but you, you can't be mad at the Grammys. They just wanted to make sure the, the show black excellence because of what the year 2020 was was. And, Girl, they, and they don't want to That was black sexiness. That is a whole different black. I'm talking about black. overall. I'm not just talking about their performance. Oh, I was about to say. <laughs> anyway, Black y'all do conversations. Excellence. What you mean? It. Oh, <laughs> help. <laughs> okay, y'all. This conversation can go on and on and on. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for spending time with us. Comment and follow us. Let us hold know on, on. how you feel about what we got. We got. We can't. We can't. Hold, hold. We can't oh gosh. We can't get out here without oh, talking gosh. about something that's very important that everybody's talking about. What have y'all been stimulated? Hell no, I have. <laughs> Look, went straight, went straight to the bill. You hear me? Straight to listeners, the bills, okay? Listeners, look. Let me tell y'all something, okay? If somebody asks y'all, have y'all been stimulated? The answer is always no. Ding 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 ding. Period. Cause we're not talking about stimmies. No. The answer is always no. Even though my no is like for real. I mean, my no is for real, for real. No. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I'm, I'm a... If they call themselves trying to come after me for a stimmy, it's gone. It's gone, bro. It ain't nothing. You ain't you coming after me for no reason. Uh, again, mahogany. 
the answer is always no. Yeah, because I don't yeah, care. Because, uh, like last night, I last night I was watching the news and this uh this dude in Indianapolis uh tried to get his uh get his baby mama's oh, I uh, heard about stimulus that. check and she wouldn't cough it up, so he killed he killed her uh her daughter from another relationship. Mm-hmm. Both her parents and a cousin, I believe. Yep, her brother. Her brother. Yeah. Her, her brother, all for a stimulus check, and I'm like, dude. And and the thing is, it wasn't even for the full stimulus check. It was he was asking for half, and she said, "No, nah, I give you four fifty. And he was like, "No, nah, that's not what I asked for." So he didn't even kill them for the whole stimulus. That's what make it worse. He was only killing her for half. Excuse me, excuse me. I thought we was trying to end this on a positive. No, what we're gonna end this with is women pay attention who the fuck you have children by. That's it. That's all. Hmm. Again, conversation can go on forever. Thanks a lot, facts. You just made everybody depressed all over again. All over again. Jesus. Until next week, stay queenly, stay kingly. Please don't kill each other over money that's not worth it. Everybody's lives is worth way more than $700. Please straighten each other's crowns. 